This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 52 of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. We have finally made it to a year's worth of episodes. If you listen to one a week, anyway, like if you're going to binge listen to them, be a lot faster than that if you can stand listening to us for that long. But, uh, like I said, we made it to a year, so Hunter said we should do something special, but I told her we're just going to do a regular episode, which what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about how the hunting's been going. It hasn't quite turned yet, but here over these next five to seven days, I expect it to. Um, have like been it always does. Yep, have been seeing some more deer moving. I did see a lot of deer on the way out tonight, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Jeff, you're hunting. We'll talk about what we get on the cameras, get a little bit how the shop's been going. Nate's not in tonight. We'll get him back on here one of these days. He's honeydewing tonight, I think. So The cowboy. Is the honeydewing. Yep. So, anyway, Jeff? Yeah. You went yesterday evening? Yeah. Up, uh, up there, down there in Hamilton County. Yeah. How was that? It went south. <laughs> the hunt? The whole thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everything went south. Nah, I got down there. The wind was right and everything, but they shelled, shelled the corn sometime during the week while I was at work. And so I, that kind of changed things up. And so I went and hunted down my stand and didn't see a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bunch of crows and squirrels, that was it. So I got down. It was too dark to shoot in the woods, but it was still light enough to see out in the field. So I got down, pulled the car down my camera, and snuck out to the field. I thought maybe I could get a glimpse to see where they was at and get an idea of where they was coming at. Right. Coming out of that to the cornfield. So I looked west where I thought they'd be coming out at, and there was nothing there. And I took about two steps so I could look east, and there was three or four does out there between me and the truck. And, of course, we saw each other at the same time, and mm-hmm. they never really blew. They just, you know, they just moved out of the way yeah, rather quickly. Yeah. But right. they, the thing that brought, that really registered to me was that they was over by the pond. Yeah. You know, that pond's been a key factor, it seems like, all fall. I don't morning hunt that because the one time I did morning morning hunt it, there I had to walk in around the corn. What did I tell you, it's four, six deer bedded up around the pond. Yeah, that I had to like walk that. walk by just to get to the stand. You know, and then they got downwind of me about shooting hours and started blowing and carrying on, ruined the whole hunt. So I just stayed out out of it. And seems like even though we got some rain the other day. It wasn't enough to do anything, so they're still focusing around water is what I think. Yeah, that's going to be big still. And even even if we had got the rain, especially here coming up in the rut and all that, as much as they're going to be running and stuff, that water is still going to be pretty big, especially like midday. Guys think, <laughs> guys think about it a lot. You know, when it's hot in the early season, we'll all sit over water. It's hot, they got to drink. Well, they, like you said, they still got to drink when it's cold too, yep. and they're actually using up more energy chasing in the rut so they're going to have to hit those water holes when they take a break yeah i always had to hydrate well whenever i was rutting yeah you hit the water holes there too yeah so i mean i don't know if that's the cart watering holes water holes so yeah uh hydration is key that's right so i actually did just put a camera up over a water hole that had had quite a few tracks around it and i'll see what i get there i haven't checked it yet it's been there uh hunter went with me we put that one up it's uh I think that was Sunday, so coming up on a week, I'll go maybe check it this either this weekend or beginning of next week. We'll see. Just depends on the weather. Might go check it in the rain again. That's what I did. You said that rain we got got close to an inch in some places and I think probably about right at an inch in other places and maybe just over half inch in a few. So anywhere, depending on where you're at, north and south, I think probably got half inch to an inch of rain. Didn't do much for the ground. Soaked it right up as dry as it's been. But it was good for the food plots. There at the cabin, I got those plots that have got a bunch of young stuff in them that needed that rain. I expect them to shoot up here in the next couple of weeks. But, no, I got that that camera over that watering hole. Um, I expect to see some stuff on it. 
I'd like to think the Bucks are using that one because where it's at, there's not a lot of other air, water around. There's one other what used to be a pond where we've sat before that's completely bone dry. Not the one we gig frogs out of, but on west of there in that little block of timber, we sat in a couple the of hounds there on the that old cow pond. Mm-hmm. And this, it was dry as a bone. And I'm sure it still is because none of that terrain didn't fill yeah, it at it, all. It always so. pretty much dried up anyway, but it's probably been dry for a while now. The No, nah, we're not talking about the same one, I don't think. Oh, okay. Not not where I was tonight. Oh. There we went and sat uh, in that block of timber on the middle of the property. It's mostly ag. And there's a little pond there, but it was it usually oh, holds water. Oh, okay. I know yeah. where you're at. Now. Yeah, it usually holds water, but it's it was dry. This other pond is pretty deep, really. You could tell it was down, but I bet in the middle of it, it's still four or five feet deep, which is surprising because, I mean, it ain't 20 yards across, if that. But I expect to have some good pictures on there. I'll just have to go back and check the camera. I haven't been getting a lot. My cell cameras have been pretty dead until that cold front moved through, and I started seeing more does. The mature bucks, I haven't got a picture of Spencer in a couple weeks. I haven't seen ghosts since the first picture I got of him. The big buck there at the cabin... Not big buck, but the old buck there at the cabin that's probably score around 120 that I've decided to call Chief. And I haven't seen him in a week or so. And then I did get that three-and-a-half-year-old on a scrape yesterday, so he's starting to work it. And then it's actually kind of cool because I had him come in and work it at a little bit after 5. And then he left. A little spike came in, worked the scrape, in between 5 and 5.30, and then that three-and-a-half-year-old came back at 5.30 and reworked the scrape. Like, no, dude, this is mine. <laughs> he made sure that little buck didn't leave any scent there. He was going to make sure it was his. So he came back through and worked it. Uh, it was kind of a cool little sequence on the camera that I got. But as far as your camera goes there, Jeff, at the down there in Hamilton County, it's been been Dang. fairly quiet, too. I know yeah, we talked good. last week about you had some younger bucks on it. but Yeah, <clears throat> within a week's time, I only had two bucks on it, and that was it. Yeah, and they were, they weren't nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you was talking about scrapes, and it reminded me, I haven't seen any, and I, when I was walking out and blew the field, thought, well, I'll do a little scouting to see if the bucks are doing anything where they normally made scrapes mm-hmm. at, and there wasn't nothing. But my supervisor from work, he texted me. Said he'd been hunting, and he seen where he was at, where they was making scrapes. Said he seen several scrapes over there. Yeah. Over West County or two, so. Yep. I The place where that buck was at, that three-and-a-half-year-old, that's a – every year they come in and scrape, make a scrape there. They had used the licking branch where I'd sprayed the tarsal spray at so far this year, but that was the first time that the scrape on the ground had actually been cleaned out just the other day. I didn't check the scrape under the licking branch there at Hamilton County. We mm-hmm. had video uh, last week. Last week, yeah. Last week of a couple of young bucks using that licking branch, but I didn't check to see if they made a scrape yet. Yeah, and then I just had one pop-up in the food plot I was hunting on tonight within the last week. And then there were several there at the farm where me and Hunter went and walked the other day around some oak trees. And I would have, we might go up there and hunt that just to see, because like I said, there was quite a bit of fresh sign. And this was up there at the farm. Yeah. It was fresh. I don't know why you guys don't hunt that anyway. Yeah. It's, it's yours. You can hunt if you want to. Well, right. That ain't the problem so much as just. For me, it's I got so many other places to hunt. I know. There's some nice deer out there. There's real nice deer been taken out of there. Well, Hunter's got a couple cameras coming, so we're going to put some up out there and see what's out there, uh, maybe over those scrapes. It really sets up well if we could get a good south wind to set in that that great big maple that's got all the junk around it, either set in that tree or in the brush around it and use a decoy, I think, here within the next week. Problem is... I don't know if we're supposed to get a south wind till the beginning of next week, maybe, or the middle of next week. I can't remember looking at it, but I think that would be worth a shot as going in there and setting up a decoy. I think you could pull one out of that little timber, especially if you did some calling. I think it'd be a good spot for that. And like I said, it did see quite a bit of fresh sign. Obviously, there's no way of knowing if it's a big buck or a little buck or whatever, but right. the one of the little bucks I saw tonight, I went there to the cabin tonight. 
I'll have a video up on that uh, either late tonight or tomorrow, hopefully. But I saw a little forkhorn that come in, and he actually worked a tree, made a little rub there just uh, 20 yards from me, if that, when he came in. So it's getting to that time of year. You know, we talk about it all the time, and I did the, the full draw Friday that by the time this comes out, it will have been the past Friday. Um, he, this confusing, is Thursday, tomorrow's Friday, then this comes out on Monday. Yeah, it so, would have been uh, two days ago. Yes, it would have already come out. So, Because this is Monday. We're recording this on Thursday night, so that's where the confusion's at. But that full draw Friday, I talked about um, the pre-rut and all that stuff. And then I did... That leads obviously leads into the rut, which again, like I said, this is going to be that time of year. Um, and I wanted to mention it on one of the podcasts. I forgot to on the full draw Friday one, but we're to that time of year where not only are we in the pre-rut and the deer are going to start using those scrape lines and stuff like that. And if you guys want some strategies for hunting the pre-rut, we might hit on some tonight, but go check out that full draw Friday episode. That's what I talked about. One thing that comes with that is guys putting stuff on Facebook and asking around, man, when's the rut going to happen this year? And always looking for the rut dates and when to take vacation. I know you'd seen a post. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember what what or where it was you said. Uh, I was on uh, Southern Illinois uh, Gossip. Yeah. <clears throat> and he wanted to know, you know, uh, do I take this week off or next week off? Right. You know, you know, and, if you're wanting to take it off for the rut, again, the rut's going to happen at the same time this year as it did last year, as it did the year before that, as it did all the years before that since there have been deer in the Midwest. If you go a little bit farther north or south, obviously it's going to go one way or the other. The deer down south rut at different times than the deer in the Midwest and different in the north. But here in the Midwest, we peak have of the, the arch effect. Yeah, that's right. The peak of the rut is going to be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which affects the weather but does not affect the rut because contrary to popular belief, the weather and the moon phase don't have anything to do with when the peak of the rut's going to be. It's all about when the daylight starts to get daylight less hours. and less. Yeah, so it's going to peak of the rut's going to be around the end of that second week of November, just like it has been every year. Now, whether you're seeing the deer or not do their thing during the daylight, that might have something to do with the weather. It has a lot to do with temperature. Yeah. So if it's hot, they're going to do all, I mean, they're going to be running more at night. Yeah. If it's nice and cool during the day and we get a cold front move through, that's when you're going to see your better rut days, which is where I was going to go with the vacation guy. If you have the freedom to take your vacation, either like he's saying, should I take it this week or this, next week? Obviously that tells me that he can he's give pretty short notice mm-hmm. for his vacation. What I would do is wait for a cold front to come through and then say, okay, that's when I'm going to take my vacation. Or not even take them all in a row, just take a couple of days on the cold front and then take a couple of days on the next cold front because the next two weeks are going to be good. You know, next two to three weeks should be good. If you can get a cold front, they're just going to be that much better. There's going to come a point, you know, in November, into the first week, into the beginning of the next week before the lockdown where you're going to want to be in a stand pretty much no matter what the weather's doing, just because you never know Mm -hmm. that time of year. But if you can do it around a cold front, do it around a cold front. Do it around a weather change. Even if it's just a big storm moving through and you can do it on the backside of that. Just something that's going to get them up on their feet. That's what I would do. Not try to time it with, boy, when's the rut going to be? And another post you see all the time is guys uh, will get to like the 25th of November. Man, I ain't seen a buck chasing all year. When's the rut going to happen? (laughs) <laughs> you missed it, man. I don't, I don't want to tell you. You might catch the back end of it, but it already happened. You may just have not saw it. But, you know, uh, you talk about that, but also the the you hear about the second rut. Mm-hmm. And what the second rut is is mostly your yearlings that didn't come in the heat whenever yep. the older does did. <clears throat> or, uh, or they just got missed. Sometimes your older does will either stay or came, come back in based yep. on the – they didn't yep. get took the first time. So, you know, and that's usually mid-December. Well, it's a 28-day cycle. Yeah. Was what the does are on. So if they come into estrus. That'd be mid-December. Right. Much. Yeah. If they come into estrus, they get, the buck tries to breed them and it doesn't take. 28 days later, they're going to come back in again. Mm-hmm. So that's where that, like you're talking about. The that second, second right. And then those younger deer. Yeah. And a lot of times that can be just as 
intense as, you know, the first rut. Yeah, it seems like. Depends on what your age group of your doe herd is. Yeah, and, and your buck to doe ratio as right. well. Which changes a hell of a lot in November or in, yeah, definitely. in Illinois. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. You got that right. Mid-November rolls around, your herd's probably going to change. Yeah. The, the, if it don't, we're in the food line. Yeah. We're in the soup line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that's, it seems to be that the mature bucks are going to be like the first ones to f- they're going to find those first does, and it also seems like they find those last does too because mm-hmm. they, they've been there and done that, I think, has a lot to do with it, and they just kind of know when to be looking and when to start, and those ones that are still going to be in later, they know they can keep looking because you see. I'll, ne- I'll never forget. It's uh-huh. like Jeff going to his old water and home. Exactly. He, he, yeah, knows. he knows. He's been there. He's got the first ones and the last ones. Uh, and they're no. <laughs> and the left no, Jeff don't go to the water and holes no more. <laughs> but anyways, uh. It reminds me of a hunt, and this was interesting to me, and I'll never forget it. When Illinois started that handgun season, mm. you know, at, at the last weekend of January, at, right after the... It was the last weekend of the season. Right, right? after bow season yeah. ended, there was yeah. a weekend of handgun season. Yeah. Well, then it was handgun only, and then they switched it up to where, well, you could use shotguns and use your shotgun tags, unfilled shotguns gun tags but you could only kill does mm-hmm. so i had some unfilled shotgun tags whenever they did that two of them actually and so i went back behind the house on the creek messing around i thought you know i'd seen a bunch of does back there i shoot me a doe so i got set up i seen some does out there in the field messing around and i sitting there and all of a sudden i heard something coming up the creek and all i could hear was every step you know and this is in the 20th of january yeah yeah, i'd been somewhere in the middle you know, right talking about yeah, the 20th of january well there was two young yearling does out there in the field and here come this big mature four and a half year old buck mm-hmm. big 10 pointer and he was grunting every breath and he went out there chasing them little does around you know he was after yep. them hot and heavy so, I'll never forget that. You know, they say, well, mid-December, last, you know, but it can go on farther. Well, as long as they're in, as long as the does keep coming in, or, or like you said, your late spring mm-hmm. yearlings, you know, may be coming in for the first time yep. in January or December and got missed or or didn't take or whatever. But yeah. he knew. He was an old, sure he he was an old buck, and he mm-hmm. was still out there going after it. Yeah, deer don't have a minimum age of consent, so <laughs> those young ones that they haven't come in yet, the old bucks are going to go find them. Yeah. You know, that's what they do. That's how they survive. But, yeah, right, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. it stuck with me that even mm-hmm. that late into January, there's still a little bit of a rut going on, a little bit of a breeding breeding cycle. Yeah, not necessarily the rut, but right, there a breeding are, cycle going if there's on. does left over, which is... Partially where you see those later born fawns too. Well, yeah, that's where you get your late July fawns at. And that's the stuff. August. That's the stuff that guys see. They'll either see those very first does come in, and they'll say, and they'll they'll catch them going by, and then they'll have a parade of bucks, and they're all chasing them and dogging them. Or maybe they see one get bred, or maybe they see one get bred like what you're talking about on January fifteenth. And that's where they get that idea that man, the rut's here early this year, or the rut's late this year. Like, no, it's still the same time. The mm-hmm. peak of estrus, which is when the most does are in right. estrus mm-hmm. at the same time, is still going to be that same middle of November time frame, a day here or there, a day or two here or there. But you're just seeing those either leftover does or the first ones that are coming in. Right mm-hmm. now, this time of year, this pre-rut, if you can find that first doe that's coming in, if she goes by your stand, you're in for a good sit because it's likely that you're going to see a pretty good parade of bucks come through after her, especially if you've got mature bucks in your area because they're going to find her. Yeah, that's just like the old water holes I used to go to. Mm-hmm. You was there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, you do. You can find that doe that comes in. There are going to be a line there, of bucks there's after There's a parade of them after <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, it's very similar. Sit back and watch the show. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And that, we're he- that time of year is here. It's yeah. I'm pretty excited about the next two weeks. We're going to have uh, Dusty come back on next week, and yeah. then we'll talk about some more of like the actual rut stuff. Instead going back to the watering holes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're too old to go back. No, to I, I am. But 
Not the actual water. For hunting. Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Hunting purposes. Yeah. If you have a watering hole, a small pond or something on your property, you know, that's going to be a major attractant, especially if there's nothing else, you know, within a certain area. Mm-hmm. So however many miles or half miles or whatever of your right. property, you know. You know, a place where that's the only water source, man, you need to be on that. Where I'm at, I got that creek quarter, you know, less than a quarter from the house. is full of water all year round, so the deer are still spread out mm-hmm. up and down through there. So it's hard. It's a lot harder to hunt that yeah. than it is if, say, my pond that's on the property was the only pond within, you know, mm-hmm. half mile or mile or two yeah, mile two range. two square miles. Which away. I think is a lot, has a lot to do with the reason we don't see bucks there except... They've that got wind, the that, water. That yeah. window that they're going to come looking for those doe. <clears throat> and a lot of times, if, if you sit there on the edge of my woods where you can see the creek, I wanted to go tonight just because that's my observation stand. I wanted to go tonight, but the wind was wrong. I talked myself out of it. I was like, man, I just don't want to go down there and well, We blow. discussed where they bed versus right. where the stand was. And I thought, and I just don't want to go back in there with the wind being the way it is. I just don't want to go back in there and blow something up that's getting ready to happen because yeah i got stupid or gotten a hurry and was what you know just well, based on our pictures and our observations and, and yeah what but we, we don't know. have a camera on that end of the woods no, i gotta get one but, down there but we've got cameras around it and we've uh, you know just observations you know they're bedding where they're bedding yeah and you don't want to blow them out well there. there's two places they're either bedding there by my stand or they're bedding down there on the creek right mm-hmm. You know, which is actually the creek's, what, 400 yards from my stand? Right. It's a very short distance for a deer. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, especially when, like you said, if you blow them out of there, then that's going to cost you, maybe potentially cost you a chance of that buck that's going to be right in your backyard. Right. Literally. Here, yeah, in, the literally. Next, here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got you to gotta be smart about it. Um we're getting closer to the time of year where you can be more aggressive, but, and now is the time, like, you know, this time of year, if you can get in a stand and the wind's right, go get in a stand, but it's still a, just a little bit early, I think, to push it too much. I think much. you still got air on the side of caution right yeah. now. At least for another. Another week. Yeah, another, about another week. Yeah. Then you can start getting a little more aggressive because the, the bucks are going to be getting up on their feet more now, but. They're going to be still kind of cautious. Give them about a week or five days. Then they're going to lose a little bit of that caution because they got that one thing on their mind. Mm-hmm. I My camera ain't showing nothing in the daytime mm-hmm. as far as buck movements. Uh, Scott's ain't. Have yours? Just that one three-and-a-half-year-old. My sister's ain't showed nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything she sent me on her cell cam has been an hour after dark or an hour before daylight. Mm-hmm. You know, so... That they're almost there, but they just ain't there yeah. yet. Yep. So. I know there's some pockets of them that are like I'm I sure that there is. I'm, I've talked to some guys that are seeing some more mature bucks. I up think on a lot feet. of it depends on the property, also yeah. on how secluded yeah. and, and. Well, these are guys that the guys I'm talking to are holding them too, so right. they're going to see them in the daylight more right. often year round than we're going to anyway. Not everybody has that luxury, right? I mean, you're not holding deer. And most like I'm not holding deer on any of the places. My, I'm not holding bucks on any of the places I got cameras. Yeah, my sister used to hear by the Wabash. She ain't holding right deer on hers. Holding you know, does, but no holding does, but not bucks. You know, yeah. so. which is what we talk about a lot. Like the whole nocturnal buck thing. It's not that they're just only moving at night. It's just that you're not that close to their bedding necessarily. Exactly. That's why they start becoming daylight active towards the rut. They're just moving farther mm-hmm. in the daylight. So. That's where that comes from, and that's where we're at right now. We're still kind of on the edge of that. Yeah. And from getting bucks there at night, and like we haven't even—I don't think you've had a a buck except for Scrappy. Scrappy. And then I had a spike. Well, I don't think you've had I ain't one seen on Scrappy in a month. Yeah. We ain't seen him in at least three cycles of that camera. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and not even, even at have, night. Of course, you know, there's what do we figure two hundred. Almost 200 acres of corn still yeah, around Yeah, you've still got a lot of corn there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Yeah, I think that when he gets that corn out and then when the rut does start kicking, 
good, that's when we're going to see the Bucks in there, like we keep talking about. But that that is going to make a difference because even if if he gets the corn out before they start really searching hard, then you're going to see some activity earlier than maybe you would have otherwise. If it's still out there when they're searching, I think we're probably still going to see the bucks because at that point, they're not going to be as worried about using the corn for cover. But it'd be nice if he could get it out of there earlier. To push then, them into the brush. Yeah, yeah, and then we could get an idea of what's back there before that point. Yeah. You know, that'd be, that would be the ideal scenario. Yeah, but it don't always work that way. No, which and I don't know if I expect it to or not. It, I don't expect it to. Yeah. I expect we're going to battle that corn for another three to four weeks anyway. Yeah. It'll which will be fine during shotgun season because uh, you know, guess what? They'll have I somewhere got a to sanctuary. Hide. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll have pretty somewhere much. To hide. Yeah. But and that'll be that'll be nice for when it comes around to after shotgun. Because I do expect once everything is out, I expect them to find our food plot there in that late season. And I think we'll have some bucks come in there and actually feed in that plot. In the late season, yeah, that'll be. They feed during the daylight hours or night hours. I mean. Yeah, they're not. They're still not going to stay there. I think if they come in of a night, that if they find it, mm-hmm. and, and I think they're going to find it a, during the rut. That'll be a prime food source for them. Yeah, after all the other crops are gone, because we got greens and we got grains and stuff yep. for them there. We got we'll plenty be, of corn and beans and brassicas and yeah, whatever that, clover will still be left green. All that's going to be there for them, as long as we don't get crazy and pressure them hard right. they ain't gonna get too far from that food because they ain't gonna want to burn the energy if the weather especially if the weather's cold mm-hmm. to get too far from that food you know what i'm yep. saying yeah. they'll and be better that's really good bedding cover in there yeah you might i could see a buck bedding on the north end of your woods potentially those do when those they do. when they find that food plot and i i would think because the does aren't going to mind like if the dogs are out there yapping and barking and the neighborhood you can hear people talking and all that but the bucks are still not going to want to deal with that well, but you don't hear that as much in the winter time when it's cold right <laughs> right but the does are going to move dogs are in the house yeah. people are in the house yeah. so. and i think the does will happen they're just in the house yeah right? i think people. the does will move closer to the food plot and then the bucks will potentially you could get a buck in the north end of your woods and then we start seeing them in the daylight yeah. so i think that's another that is where the attraction of the food plot is going to come into play. Like I said, it's not early season. Most of the attraction for the season is going to be the does. But then we will have that late season, I think, attraction. When all the beans and all the corn, which most of the beans are out now, I think. But when all the corn's yeah, out as well. I don't think there's well, any bean fields around my house. I don't think so either. Standing beans. But I haven't even looked at uh, our plot. What about north on the creek? There was a little patch on the south end of the creek that bleeds over to the north side. Is that gone? Beans? Mm-hmm. Is it? Lisa and I drove through there last weekend, and it was still there. Yeah, the only thing down there is corn. There's the only beans around that I saw. Hundreds, so they're gone. hundreds of acres of corn. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's not a bad thing. They don't they don't drive deer out of corn like they do woods. No, no, they don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's Trucks just, pull up, the boys get out, and the woods fills up with yeah, orange. Yeah, orange. orange. Yeah, but no, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's going to hold the deer. They're going to stay in there. They're safe. Mm-hmm. And they know it, you know. Yeah. And I, it's, it's hard to fit. And when the thing about the standing corn is, I mean, even down there on the creek, they're going to come out of the corn to drink. They got, you know, to rehydrate. But there's so many areas that they can come out of the corn at to get to the creek where mm-hmm. if the corn's gone, they're on the creek. Yeah, that's their travel route. Yeah, and so you can set up on them there, but mm-hmm. if standing corn stand there, it's just a crap shoot whether you're in the right place at the right time or not. Yeah. Yeah, I I expect we'll have some bucks to talk about here. Maybe not next week, but the week after that, I think we'll see some show up yeah. at your place. But I went tonight there to the cabin and uh, saw those that one spike that or that four corn that I talked about in that doe, and then she'd actually end up. I got to figure out with that blind, with that I put on that homemade platform, what to do about the windows because I can't leave them closed and open them because it's a just regular ground blind and that that's not an option. But she walked up there and looked, and I think what spooked her was the windows being open, 
I don't think she saw me back there because I had my head down and wasn't moving and was back up into the shadows of the blind. But I think the windows being open was enough different because that's a deer that I've got pictures of and she's been in there pretty regular. I think it was enough different that it kind of spotted something different. It put her on edge and then she blew a couple times. It wasn't like she saw me or she smelled me and she just blew her head off like that doe did at you last week. Well, yeah, but we just three feet apart. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. She didn't. She <laughs> like didn't. Every doe Jeff ever run into, did. Well, yeah. 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 She didn't. Four or two. She didn't do that. But she knew something was up. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that. But anyway, I went there. Get and, you one in their see-through blinds. Well, I thought about it. But then I still got to open the windows. You can't they shoot makes, through them? They make some material you can shoot through that you can just put over your yeah, windows. You, I don't know how I feel about shooting an arrow through that stuff, though. You just draw back and let her go. I know, but if that hits something, it's got to change the trajectory a little bit. I've I've used that once on a blind, and it never really affected it. And I was was using a compound bow. All I'm saying is, if I got a 150-inch deer standing out there, and I shoot through that stuff, (laughs) knowing my luck... I'm going to miss by like two inches because I shot through that crap. Well, you got the Clark and Riley. So <laughs> exactly. It just, I missed my one luck. outweighs the other. Yeah. But or the, neither one outweighs the other. The positive thing say. is those deer were both, that little buck and that doe, were comfortable enough to get, if I was going to kill those deer, they would have been dead yeah. before they knew it, before they knew I was there. Problem is getting them to go through. I think probably what it's going to take is them coming in there and doing what they did tonight coming in there again and seeing that and me not doing anything to provoke that, and then they'll end up going by it, and they'll get used to those windows being open sometimes See, and it just not being I, I a threat to them. I always, and you can ask my sister, of course, we hardly ever see my sister, but anytime that, you know, I helped her set up a, a ground blind or something, I tell her, just leave the windows open. Yeah. That's how they're going to be when you're hunting. Mm-hmm. So let the deer get used to being seeing the windows open, and most of the time the the newer blinds they're blacked out inside anyways. Yeah, you know, so just leave those leave the windows open that you expect to shoot through, mm-hmm. and then the ones behind you that you don't expect to have shot at, leave them zipped up so you got so you're blacked out back there. You're not silhouetted in the window behind you. Right. But I don't think she was seeing me because I was doing that. Like, I only have the front window open. The thing I worry about where that one's at being up on the platform and stuff is I'm going to have raccoons nesting in there and squirrels and birds and everything else. I just kick them out. You're bigger now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until I, I unzip that thing and poke my head through. They're, they're bigger than my face. Nah. Shoot them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got a weapon. Yeah. Right. Don't be scared. But I did have that thought about just, like, maybe just leave them open. I but. mean, it ain't no different being on the platform than it is being on level ground. I just mean where that is at in general because there's a lot of. You, you still got to have the door shut or door closed, right? I mean, yeah, I got the door closed. Well, most likely they ain't going to climb that material to crawl through a window. Well, the birds and the squirrels will. Well, bird ain't going to do nothing but fly back out. No, just crap, crap all over all everything. Well, well, my God. I'm afraid you get the Asian bird flu. I might. We're not in Asia, my child. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> we're not in Asia. Uh, Asia's a long way from here. Yeah. Well, never mind. So, <laughs> the virus made it over here from China. Well, yeah, but. Alleg- allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Mm. No, that's that. I did have that thought though. Like maybe just leave them open, but I don't think I'm gonna do that. I think what I think I'm just gonna. Hunt I always it. just thought that anything that you put in there unnatural, you want to make it as natural as possible at all right. times. And so, if you change things up, like you zip your windows closed whenever you leave, and they're there f- closed for a week or so, the deer get accustomed to that, and then all of a sudden you're there. And the windows are open, they're going to pick that out. Yeah, which is what happened tonight. I may be wrong in my theory, but why why take that chance? I, I just don't want stuff in my blind eating everything up, chewing up my seat and everything like yeah, that. Well, I mean, I understand, but it's just. I think what I think is that doe, if she comes back in there again and the windows are open and nothing happens to her, maybe she blows again, maybe she doesn't. But the next time, maybe she's more calm about it. 
she's still cautious, but she goes by it, and then it kind of works through a progression. But I also think I'll just, I'll probably pick days, which today was a good day to be in there. I had the perfect win for it. That's the thing. Like, they yeah, definitely didn't did win today. me. I mean, that's exactly, the wind was in my face the whole time yep. to be in that blind. But I think I'll just wait until either I've got a buck on my camera in daylight, and I think he's going to be back there, and I hope he's the first one that comes through, or I'll go in there, I'll maybe sit that blind only during the rut, like wait till if I've got an east, some kind of easterly wind, because south all the way to northeast, I can hunt that blind. If I got one of those during the rut, maybe that's when I'll go back in there, because at that point, I think if they're chasing, they're not going to be worried about those windows as much. Mm-hmm. They're going to be well, way more right, focused they on. Ain't, I yeah. mean, you can get away with a lot more wearing the bucks chasing the does. Yeah, the does, does are, are going trying to, be... to get away from the buck, and the buck's trying to mount the does. So exactly. They ain't worried about whether your windows are open or right, not. Right, right. So I think I'll probably just do that. What I would have liked to do tonight <laughs> was go hunt that scrape that I had the three-and-a-half-year-old on because, it, like I said, I had a ton of activity yesterday, and I think I didn't get anything on it tonight, at least the last camera update that went came and went. I didn't, but so maybe I didn't miss anything. Right. But the wind wasn't right for the stand, and where that's at, there's not a ton of good ground cover and they can come from about anywhere, anywhere. on that side of it and i just didn't want to chance it back yeah. there so i could have went and sat on the ground over that scrape but i just felt like i'd go sit in that blind and have the wind right and now i know i'll just wait and pick the days a little better yeah um, and i can hunt that by any kind of west wind i can hunt the stand there and be bulletproof too yeah. i mean northwest blows it right over that pond mm-hmm. it's a little bit iffy coming in and out if they're if they're already in there if I'm walking in, like we talk about, I might blow some wind into them. But once I get to the stand, it's not like they're bedding on there much. But when I get in the stand, the wind's blowing right over that pond on the northwest. That's about as good a wind as I can get there. Or even straight west is pretty good. So I got options. It just right. That's kind of what. I did see, though, a bunch of deer out tonight when I was driving back. I saw almost every other field had a handful of deer in it, whether does or bucks, I don't know. All the only ones that were by the road were does, but right. they're definitely starting to move a little bit more. They were they were out there in daylight because I wasn't, that wasn't five, ten minutes after it had got down after shooting light. So they're starting to move more in the daytime. We get that. Yeah, even uh, coming the short distance here, you know, I got here 630, you know, it was after dark, and I seen does along the road, which was a half mile from, you know, from any timber. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they's out there along the road, along cornfields and stuff. So, you know that they was out at yeah. daylight along the edge of the timber anyway. That's, that's so. different than, than Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to be gone Wednesday, and I drove about 45 minutes at, at 530, so you know about what time I was driving. And then I came back about 45 minutes, about 830, quarter to 9, and I never saw a deer coming or going, yeah. which will be prime. And, and I'm talking about we're driving through prime, like, hit deer with your car territory, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, never saw a deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but um, that was the night of the rain mm-hmm. and the cold air hadn't quite moved in yet. So, you know, cold cold air had moved in by Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I but think- uh, I will bring this up. Uh, on my way to my appointment yesterday morning, I seen my first dead buck along the highway. Did you? Yeah. It is a small basket rack eight-pointer, but, you know, still. You know, you see a few does here and there, but I hadn't really seen any dead bucks, and this first dead buck I seen along the highway was yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. So they're moving around more, even that, is a sign for that, I think. And and then that uh, buck you got in this morning, you know, what was he, four and a half, we figured? Which would be Thursday. Yeah. And his neck was swelled up, and he was already smelling. I mean, you can just smell the yeah, and in testosterone con- yeah. in him. Yep, it's going up every day. In contrast, um, the buck I got in Wednesday night, which was a younger buck, he was probably two, and nothing at all. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, too, because with that age class, the mature bucks got more testosterone pumping through them, so it's going to be at a higher level earlier. But it's still, they're all going to be peaking at about the same time. Yeah. 
Um, but when, by the time this comes out on Monday, the 31st Halloween, I think we'll start seeing those bucks too. Cause, uh, like you talked about, you saw that one that did get hit. You hadn't seen them on Wednesday. Now we're starting to see the does come out earlier in bigger numbers. The does are still coming out, you know, even earlier, just depending on where you're at, but in bigger numbers and more area, I think at the time this comes out, we'll start seeing some more bucks in daylight. And I, I expect my cameras, at least on Tubsy, to get hotter by that time. Mm-hmm. And I got to check a few of them still, a couple in the woods. You know, that water hole is where me and you hung that stand yeah. last year. I checked that one that I was talking about earlier. And then down there on the slough where I got those two shooters earlier this year um, that I haven't seen since. So we'll see as far as that goes. But I, I expect those cameras to get hot here by the time this comes out, I think. And then over the next week, it's just going to keep getting better. Right. All the way up until shotgun weekend. Yeah, and I think I'm going to leave mine down there in Hamilton County one more week. Before you pull it? And then after that, I'll pull it because, you know, they're next to public ground. It'll start getting stomped around and stuff. So. Yeah, whether or not it would get stolen, the deer activity is probably going to so go down anyway. I'm not so much worried about that. I'm just thinking the deer activity is going to go down anyways. So I might as well pull that out and put it someplace I can use it. Yeah. You know, and so I'll probably put it there at the north end of my property just so we can monitor that in because that's a pretty secluded, safe area for them back mm-hmm. there. You know, they feel pretty safe back there as long as we don't push them. And as long as old dad ain't in the tree. Yeah, I know. Oh, Dad, he <laughs> puts smack down on them every time they show their face. The nanny slayer. Yes, man. So I only killed one. I ain't complaining. She needed to go. It was her time. Yep. That she was dried up anyway, so she either lost her fawn or she didn't have one. Right. So, you know. Yeah. You were talking about the bucks that come into the shop. Um, I know the first couple of weeks were pretty busy. We had that cold weather. We talked about that. We talked about it slowing down here in the last week. Is it picking up any again yet or not? This uh, past week, up until this past weekend, was pretty slow, which is expected when you're talking about dry in the 80s. In the, I mean, literally in the and upper 80s, maybe south wind 90. Wrong time of the hour. month. I mean, you it's know, that lull. It's anyway. a lull, and, and, it's, and everything works against you in this in this time frame that we just got through. Mm-hmm. It is the week after people take off for youth. It is the week before people start taking off the 1st of November. So not only do you, and, and it's 80 degrees, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, everybody's, you know, still out in the field. So you have everything working against you in this 7- to 10-day window. And so things get slow, and and but... But this past weekend, which uh, right before this comes out, pick up. Yeah. So, but over, like over the last week, it's just just now kind of seeing maybe a few. Yeah, we're starting to see a, a, a few bucks here and there. Not all of them are are uh, mature by no means, but we have seen a few mature bucks. You know, big does coming in pretty regular, but uh, it's going to pick up now because number one, guys are going to start taking their vacations. You know, starting the later part of this week, mm-hmm. running into that first weekend in November, that's when your vacation starts. So not only the deer moving more, you got more hunters in the woods. So things things start happening right now. Yeah. And actually, the ones that brought in that younger buck was last night that we know we done some that I did some work for this past spring and this fall. They saw a pretty nice buck when he shot that that one younger buck last night. That was kind of their freezer deer, I think, and now they're going to go for their wall deer, the one they saw they got. So they've they, he's been in there the daylight, but I think he's staying close to him too, so that makes a difference. But, yeah, over this next week should be pretty good. So, like I said, we got Dusty coming on again this week. We'll talk about what he's got going on and then the, the rut that's coming up. He's going to have a guest on tonight, but he had some stuff come up, so canceled that. Um, I need to get... Nate back on here to find out if he's got his cell cams back up. I ain't talked to him about it, but I'm, he's got a pretty good spot for getting a pretty good feel about what the deer are doing in general, too. He does. He's in a place where some might stay on him 
but others aren't. So we can kind of get, depending on where his cameras are, a pretty good feel for what a, the general population of deer are doing based on his cameras. I watched the vlog. That I watched the vlog of that James did at his property. Yeah, a couple yeah. Of weeks ago, man, he got both places are pretty good. It looks to me like, but then that one, I, the first one, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he can go wrong there. He's just got to play it right. Yeah. Nate's smart enough. He can do it right. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I really expect him to do really well there. If there's a big deer in that neighborhood, he'll I have it he'll in that plot. Yep. Cause that, uh, his entry and exit's about as bulletproof as it gets. It's and down there in the a bowl. Perfect setup all, all around. I think it's on a Creek. It's down in a bowl on the bottom of that CRP. It's a, I think that one's like three quarters of an acre or I think it's three quarters of an acre and it looks good. They got it in at the right time and got the rain that it needed. And then he's got that soft shelled radix blind up there that, like I said, if he gets the right wind and you said he's smart about it and he is, he'll get in there and he'll have a good chance. They'll be in there all day long. Yeah. They got no reason to leave. Right. That's where he got pictures of those, those fat, well, Fatty Junior, I don't know what he's named it, but Fatty from last <laughs> yeah, year, right? Uh, he got the deer that kind of looks like his little brother or his boy, and he was in that plot. Now, that was nighttime, but again, that was two weeks ago too. So, right. when he goes and runs his cameras again, I'll be curious to see what he's got going on. Yeah, let's get him talk about that. I don't know, like I said if he'll be here next week or not, depending on his work schedule. But that'll be interesting. And get these rodeos out of the way. Yeah, yeah, cowboy. So wish I was young. Yeah, to be young again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I wouldn't know what that's like. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's pretty that much all I should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all I wanted just to stop right now. Get into tonight before we get way off the rails here. So oh, But now, before we do leave you don't be that way. Those food plots you were talking about, you know where they came from. Grandpa yeah, Ray Outdoors. Grandpa Ray's Outdoors. Of course. Those guys, we've used their stuff at your place. We've got it at your place. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Nate's it got it. It does look good. Yeah. Nate's got it at his place. I'm really impressed. I, I, boy, I had my doubts there for a while. I went in there the the night. I, no, it was when I checked the cameras when it was raining. And I stepped in as you're going out on the east side, as I was walking out, mm-hmm. I stepped in those first two rows of corn and just looked in the plot. And some of those radishes are as big around as that can right there. Oh, I know. I mean, and that, you know, a good four, three, four inches of it sticking up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. So, and they're all tall, tall enough. What we talked about before, we had to move the camera off of it. Yeah. So, now, it's, what, what are the deer decide this year that they... Right. I've asked them around a lot because I've never had a lot of luck with the radishes. But I've asked around a lot about the guys that plant them every year and every year, and they tell me it takes them about two to three years for the deer to get the acquired mm-hmm. taste, figure them out, yeah, taste or whatever that, hey, this is a food Especially source. if they haven't been around. Right, yeah. you know. And so I guess, you know, we'll try them two or three years and then – see what happens after that mm-hmm. you know because i got guys over the next county over and they swear by them they won't plant nothing but them but they've yeah. been planting them for 10 or 15 years so well i planted them there at the cabin last year first year they hammered them i mean the first year yeah. they were ever there that's one thing we talked about john with john on the episode we did with him was because i'd asked him that because i knew you talked about that before and other guys i know several guys that just say They'll just flat out say that the brassicas ain't worth nothing. Not yeah, they'll walk through the brassicas to chew chicory or a clover up right, the ground. Right, right. So I asked him about that, and he had, you know, several different reasons that seemed to make sense of why they might do that, and I can't remember them off the top yeah, of my I head. Yeah, I didn't get to listen to But that you can episode. go back and listen to that. I really want to say it was episode 41, but that could be wrong. It was somewhere in the 40s we had John on, and he talked about that. That was one specific question I asked him. But the guy was just a wealth of knowledge on food plots, and – talk about him he's the owner of grandpa ray outdoors and you know they provide as far as i'm concerned as far as what we've used we've done a lot of properties a lot put a lot of food plots it's some of the best stuff that we've put out um it's really great nutrition for the white-tailed deer on your property everything they do starts with the soil they've got a full line of food plot seed and plant foods 
they started in 2015, but John's actually been in the industry since 1991. They've got over 14 different blends to choose from, so no matter what you're looking for, whether it be fall blends, spring blends, corn, beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, uh, you're going to find it. They're not just about selling that stuff, though. Like I said, John's going to, he's a wealth of knowledge. He'll answer any questions you got for him. That way you can get the best results possible for your specific property because they don't believe in that cookie-cutter approach telling everybody just the same thing. You have to do it one way. They're going to take your situation individually as they should. They're not about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. Again, we use their seed all over the country, all over the Midwest, and been really impressed with how it's working. That's actually initially why I started the partnership with them on the podcast, and that's why we're going to continue to be partnered with them here on the podcast and use them on client properties and our own properties. You can go check them out at grandpaarayoutdoors.com and use discount code RHOPODCAST, all lowercase, no spaces, and you'll get 10% off your, or excuse me, 5% off your entire order. So that'll help you with some shipping or just take a little bit off the top. If you don't want to do that, stop by the shop. I have a little bit of their stuff in stock, or you can order what you don't. Um, you can get ready for next spring that way and already have that stuff out of the way. Or if you want, just wait till next spring and come in and do that. We'll have it then, too. I expect to have more of their stuff in. So, Our other partner on the podcast is Rack's Big Game Supplements. You guys have heard us talk about them. If you listen to the podcast, they've been with us since, not since the beginning, but somewhere around halfway through. I think they've we've probably partnered with them for... At least half of our podcast now. I would they've, say so, yeah. They've been with us for a while. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. Uh, they're deer hunters just like us who are looking to get more out of the mineral and feed market than what existed at the time. Uh, they took several years to research and develop their products, and they came up with, in my opinion, one of the best mixes available that will help improve your herd's overall health while not feeding non-target species. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. When we went up to the the show there, the Illinois Deer and Beer Fest, um, Rodney went up there and helped me out with that, and I sent him home with some racks, big game supplements, minerals, and protein blocks because he can use them over there where he's at Missouri. He's not in one of the CWD counties or anything, so he's had a lot of good pictures on them. The deer have hit that stuff hard. The protein blocks... I don't think they lasted too long. I mean, the deer got in there and got after them. Now, obviously, that stuff's still going to be in the soil, and they've been hitting the minerals just as hard, too. He's got some good buck pictures on there and a bunch of does on there as well. So the proof's in the pictures in that case. Mm -hmm. If you want to get their stuff and try it out and support us, go to RaxMineral.com. That's R-A-K-S-Mineral.com, and use discount code R-H-O-22, capital R-H-O-22, at checkout and receive 5% off your entire order. Or you can stop by the shop and see what we have in stock, and, or you can make an order for that stuff as well. So if you want to take care of your deer and give them nutrition and the best chance possible of growing to their full potential, get yourself some Grandpa Ray Outdoor Seed. Get yourself some supplements from Rex, big game supplements where you can use it. Couple those together, and you're going to really, really help. You're not going to hurt anything for sure. and You're going to help give those deer the best chance they got. You have a... Uh new uh, stock of uh, scents out now, don't you? I do. I've got fresh doe scent mixed, ready to go up here at the shop. You can order it online. The Ridge Hunter doe tarsal spray. Of course, we got the buck tarsal spray as well. That's some other ways you guys can support. If you want to use some scent that's 100% natural, and I don't plug this stuff a lot because, I don't know, I just don't like advertising my own stuff. I don't know why. Maybe I should more, but... Oh, I do. It don't bother me. No, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but it's... If I didn't... It's bothering the hell out of me. Yeah. I can tell it is. (laughs) If I didn't actually think it worked or believe in it, I wouldn't sell it, and I wouldn't use it myself. Same way with the sponsors on the podcast. I I don't do it just because they're paying us money. I actually use the stuff and believe in it. There's a big D over there in Missouri. We were talking about going over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in Iron County, so that's a non-CWD county as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but with the scents, when I got started with those, I actually used it for myself. I was like, I was using the the tarsals as like drag rags and stuff. I thought there's got to be an easier way. So came up with an easier way to do it. And I thought, man, this stuff works. I ought to try to put it on a market and see, uh, let other guys use it too and have some success with it. So that's what we did. A lot of guys, some 
I got to post some pictures that I've had sent to me. It's not just the bucks, man. The does love that stuff too. Mm -hmm. and come in. Now when you're, a lot of what we see picture wise is on mock scrapes and stuff. When you're making those, you don't got to put scent on them, but it seems like it does make a difference of getting them started, getting them started faster in a more timely manner and a little bit hotter. Yep. That as well as the calming spray. I do have some of that mixed up and ready to go. Nate is a total believer in that stuff. I've used it as well. Probably should have took some of it tonight to calm down that dough that was out there. If I'd have sprayed some of it, who knows? But and then the boot spray as well. We've got all that. And then anything else that we've got, you can go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com. I have a question. What's that? When do you use your calming spray? When? Yeah. As far as time of year? No, like uh, would you use it like when you thought she was alerted, would you give you that a shot or would you do that beforehand like you were putting it on your boots and stuff like that? So the way Nate uses it, he puts it on his boots. I will spray it like outside the blind or on the limbs around the tree and all like that. Like a cover scent. Just a, similar, a yeah, kind of similar. Okay. It's yeah. just another where you can spray it on your boots. I'll use the... I generally use the boot spray for that because it's a it's a little bit different mixture. So the, well, I know I've been to. Uh, let me rephrase that. I'm not sure I've been to watering holes with Jeff, but I know a guy that maybe has, and he puts on you know like Old Spice before he walks in the door, <laughs> right. so it's like right. a calming spray. Like <laughs> yeah, axe. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, axe. Axe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so no, I was just wondering when you yeah. the the boot spray. <laughs> I try to take from the the metatarsal glands, so it's more he like he should buy stock and axe. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> the or we should. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's gonna keep buying it either way. That's so maybe right. You should make some money. <laughs> but no, yeah, the calming spray I'll use kind of like that. But or even if you had a, a deer come in and you got that stuff in your backpack and she's downwind of you and she's starting to get a little edgy, maybe you get a couple shots and at least see if that's going to work. What do you got to lose? I've actually done that with the tarsal spray. If they're starting to get borderline on the wind that I got, I keep that stuff handy and I'll give it a couple shots. And I've act, I've seen them lift their nose up and you can tell they kind of smell something, but it's almost like it's me mixed with that deer scent. So they just kind of, they don't blow and freak out. They might still be a little edgy, but they'll kind of turn away and, Maybe they walk away instead of blowing and running away, which is worth a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, the thing I like about the the tarsal sense, the buck tarsal and the doe tarsal, mm -hmm. uh, you see a lot, of, like you go to Walmart and all these places, and it's always doe and heat urine, mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. Uh, there was a product out back, oh, gosh, when was that? <laughs> Late 90s, early, early, uh, 2000s deer dander remember that yeah 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 you know they got away from the urine mm -hmm. you know and was using actual this body scent yep. of the deer and that deer dander worked really well i mean i i really liked it i had a lot of success with it and the same thing goes with your tarsal sprays you know uh it's not all about the urine you know deer communicate through their tarsal through their glands their eye yeah. glands their nose glands mm -hmm. their forehead glands their tarsal glands and stuff and so that's more natural than just right doing heat urine that yeah. you're throwing out there in the first of october and there's actually science behind what you're saying too because the the deer don't actually like a buck won't find out a doe's in estrus by her urine no. So that's kind of a marketing thing anyway. When you see a doe lift her tail or stop and the buck sniffs her, that's when he's finding out if she's an estrus. Now, they can, there is some communication that goes with their urine, like in scrapes and stuff. Right. And helping, you know, kind of decide the cycles and all that and when it's going to be, when they, they're they kind of just finding out when it's going to be. But it's not, okay, I smelled that doe's estrus urine. She's right. ready to go. No. They get up there, and that's when you see those bucks sniffing around on the does. Mm -hmm. They don't; they're not sniffing her pee; they're sniffing a gland. gland. Yeah, yep. and that's where they're deciding whether she's an estrus or not. Right. But yeah, the tarsal gland is kind of the way I've always described it to guys that have asked about it. It's kind of like the deer's ID card. Exactly. So, and I use that as, I mean, I, I do. I've used it on my mock scrapes, but I've also mm -hmm. used it as a cover scent. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, hey, I'm a deer. You know, exactly, and that's the I other. Might thing. not be a deer, you know. Yeah, you know, I 
come from a different area, but I showed up here. I'm a deer. Yep. And, and deer overlap all the time. A guy asked me about that at the Deer and Beer Fest. He was like, well, you know, if I go spraying this, and he had deer that were in pins, so he was kind of basing it off that. Right. Which deer that are in pins only know the other deer that are in pins. Right. What, what he was thinking was, well, if I take this tarsal spray that's come from a totally different deer outside of my area, isn't that going to freak him out? Well, in the wild, deer overlap all the time. Mm-hmm. New deer are coming in and moving out all the time. Mm-hmm. Their home ranges interlap. I, so I would add a caveat to that. that. And, and this is just my belief. A I what? A cat. Never mind. It's above your pay grade. 25 cent word? Yeah. Okay. I don't have any science to prove it, but if you take a you're a deer from Georgia that doesn't need nothing but pine needles and you right. drop it up here in, a, in a Kansas... <laughs> or wherever we're at, yeah, I think there's a difference in the smell. Yeah, I don't know, you know, because of what they eat and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I would say, yeah, there is a difference. However, if if you're anywhere in the Midwest, it's anywhere in crop country. I think you're in crop country. So, yeah. So your tarsal gland, gland spray will be the same. For instance, it won't be – if you run across somebody from Alabama, you can tell they're from Alabama. You don't have to ask them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but talk I, like they're from Alabama. I think it's not going to spook your deer, though. I think it – it may be a curiosity thing because – Right. And this – you know, sometimes you give deer a little bit too much credit. Like I was talking about this on the, the mock scrape video I made and put on YouTube. People think you can't use tarsal gland spray on a licking branch because deer don't put their tarsal gland on a licking branch. The deer's not smart enough to figure out that – <laughs> the deer didn't lift his leg up there. It just knows that's another deer, right. you know. I don't think they're going to think, oh, that's a deer from Georgia. That can't be right. I'm leaving. It may be, well, that's a different smell. Mm-hmm. kind of smells like a deer, but not but something. It, but it, it doesn't di- completely it, register. Probably not, but it is different. So I don't think it's going to spook them, though, how's is that what I'm how's saying. How's that any different than us using our own urine to freshen up scrapes? Exactly. See, that's you the know. thing about urine, too, is like, there's so much, I don't know, it's like ammonia, I guess. I can't smell your urine and say you're a human and smell a deer urine and say that's a deer. Yeah, but how many more receptors does a deer have than you? Well, that is, that's also accurate, but I don't think that there's You don't that have that to get two a, feet from meat if I can tell if you've had onions or not. No, but I'm just saying I don't think that that's a factor when it comes There's something about when urine mixes with the oxygen and all that, it the chemical composition of it, all down. urine pretty much becomes the same thing mm-hmm. after so many minutes. I don't know. I've been to some of the water holes with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, that's why you can get away with starting a scrape with your urine or whatever. Now, if you will, I still think, because I've done it both ways. I use that tarsal spray on a licking branch, and but that's the thing about that, too. Like I was just talking about earlier, that scrape that I got that three-and-a-half-year-old on, he had not worked the actual ground. It had not been worked yet. The deer had been using that licking branch, though, since I put that camera up. So if you can put some of that stuff on the licking branch, that's going to make a difference as opposed to just pouring urine in a scrape. Right. Because mm-hmm. they don't always pee in it when they stop at it. No. But they always use that licking branch mm-hmm. every time. And if they do, if the bucks do pee on their scrape, and uh, they're peeing on their tarsal glands also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, which is why, you know, I do go ahead and add some to the bottom, but I always make sure and put some on that top, too. Yeah. But that's all kind of to say that if you guys want to support the podcast, that's another good way to do it. And I, I I really do believe you'll see some benefit from it, too, whether it's just seeing some more quality trail camera pictures or using a decoy a little more effectively or stopping a deer out in front of your stand without having to bleed at them or make a noise and get them all jumpy, you can go get you some tarsal gland spray. You can get anything else at ridgehunteroutdoors.com as well, and that will help support the podcast. And use discount code RHOPOD, that's all caps, and get 10% off anything on the website. Also, you guys can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. Follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like and comment on any of our videos there. If you do subscribe, you'll get to see all of our new content that's coming out. I'm going to try to start doing a season vlog for you guys. If you've seen the first episode of that, hopefully at least the second one will be up by now. I'm going to try to get some other guys in on it as well. If I can talk Jeff into it, if I can talk Nate into it. And then again, 
it's going to be a di- little bit different format. It's not going to be your traditional hunting show. I'm going to try to get that stuff up at least within 24 hours of the actual hunts that take place because I think it's kind of cool, um, which, you know, Midwest Whitetail was kind of the first ones to do that online where you were seeing that hunt within a day or two of when it actually happened. So I like that aspect of it. But it's not going to be the traditional where you're going to see everything and the shot and all that because we're just, not professional. Exactly. <laughs> and we don't have, I don't have a cameraman with me every time and I don't like to self film that much. I don't want to take all that stuff in and out. And besides that, to be honest with you, I get sometimes you have to self film. And if that's what you got and you need it for a show, okay, that's fine. But I would much rather watch a hunting show where there's two guys up and the, there's a dedicated cameraman than a self film hunt. I, yep. It just, I like the cinematic value of it as much as I do watching the deer get shot. So it's that for me. That's another reason why I don't necessarily like to self-film too much. But anyway, those videos will be up. If you subscribe, you'll be able to get those as soon as they come out. And then whatever other content we got coming up. So thank you guys for tuning in and all the support you do give us. Um, means a lot. If you have any comments or questions or anything, you can always send them to us, ridgehunteroutdoors at gmail.com. You can go to the website and send it through there. Our Facebook page, Ridge Hunter Outdoors, Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Instagram as well. Any of those will work. So, again, thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you again next Monday as we get rolling into the rut. Some of the best hunting of the year coming up. So, see you all later.